Hello, and welcome to the Take Your Data Points and the Goals Will Come podcast. I'm Kahlo Gorman. I'm not Brian Scully, but I'm joined with someone who is. Hey, back again. Episode 2, Electric Boogaloo. I'd say most podcasts end at just episode 1, so we'll keep, let's keep this train rolling. We have to do it for our loyal tens of fans. Yeah, all those friends and family. Waiting for a follow-up. <laughs> I'm sure they just can't wait. Yeah, we are the podcast wing of TakeYourDataPoints.com, which is a website for applying analytics to hurling, just to take away the soul a little bit more, bit by bit. Email for anyone who wants to email in is mail at TakeYourDataPoints.com. Brand new email. Enjoy it. Enjoy spamming us, telling us how wrong we are. Send us your ramblings. <laughs> and if, if you have less rambling uh, complaints, then you can always tweet us at TYDataPoints. And the website is www.takeyourdatapoints.com, where all the articles can be found. And hopefully a new article coming out in around the same time as this podcast episode going up. So keep an eye out for that. Or whenever Kaha feels like it. So last weekend we had the opening of the league. Uh, any big surprises or comments, anything jump out at you from those first few games? The Waterford-Kilkenny game really stands out to me in terms of Waterford. Pipped it by a point, I suppose, to beat Kilkenny. You know, I suppose, look, you could see this kind of, you know, the symmetry there, like in terms of, you know, Waterford just beat, just narrowly beaten by Kilkenny in a semi-final and now start of the league. They've just managed to beat their rivals. From what I've heard and what I've read, uh, it didn't exactly seem to be the most exciting match in terms of a 20-minute period where Waterford didn't score towards the end, which I can't say must have been great, but they seem to grind out a victory, which definitely is a very positive outlook for Waterford. Um, I suppose Kilkenny fans might begin to worry, but you know there's a long time between now and the start of the championship anyway, and I'd say their their prospects of the league are probably they'll probably make it to a quarter or semi-final, but. Not, I don't think they'll be winning. Yeah, I think it was an interesting first game anyway. I mean, it's probably a point that we'll make a lot of times over this. It's hard to draw too many conclusions from the first game of the league. A lot of teams are still a bit rusty, aren't fully conditioned yet and everything. But um, definitely a positive result for Waterford. You know, they, they struggled on offense. And that's still something they're really... That's kind of been a bit of a recurring theme for them is just not scoring enough points. But they ha also have a tendency to just grind through those kind of difficult games and they redid this last weekend and I suppose more importantly because they beat Kilkenny in the league last year and they came very close to being in the championship but they won in Nolan Park which is something they've not done in years yeah yeah and I mean a, a 20 minute gap you know that's amazing that they actually managed to win like away in, in Kilkenny's home I suppose as well because we've all seen those Kilkenny matches where the other team will lead at halftime and then Kilkenny just, you know, claw it back. They just storm through in the second half. But Waterford managed to hold them off, which is not something you see too often. Yeah, and it, it strikes me um, of that relegation match that Clare had against Kilkenny in Nolan Park. And the first match went to, went to a draw, went to a replay, and they were only lost by point i think that was probably the best performance i saw at Clare that year and kilkenny do not well stating the obvious they do not like to lose i'm sure it's given brian cody some food for thought definitely especially this year you know they've had a few players go in the offseason i'd say there will be some experimentation with the panel and everything but uh having said that they won't be happy with any loss and i'd say some of the players who were tried out last game won't see another for a while 
No, no, I, I certainly don't think they will. So, Dublin Tipperary. A little bit one-sided. A teeny <laughs> bit. So, Just one goal and eight points to one goal and 24 points. Absolutely hockeyed. And this was Dublin at home as well. Albeit in a very empty Crow Park. You know, and Crow Park, when it's empty, is very empty. I don't know how much the home advantage... Well, obviously, it didn't help. Yeah, and I mean even, like, for a first game in the league, you know, the attendance probably be pretty poor anyway. I'd imagine there was a, a fair... There might have been a few Tipperary fans there, all right. But, like, I'd say it wasn't pleasant. Looks like they were completely hockeyed off. I don't think... I think that was fairly predictable anyway that Dublin were going to lose to Tipperary. I just... Uh, like yeah. I think it was completely a new panel that were played as well. Like a lot of the old players in previous years have um, have been taken off the team. I, I looked at the 2016 league results and it was actually a similar result between Dublin and Tipperary. Tip beat them by something like 14 points last year. But it felt, I don't know, I think it just felt a bit different this time because there are so many changes in the panel. I don't think there's too much optimism to be had for Dublin. You know, they had they, last year they were just kind of very inconsistent, but... They could still pull out a good match and still kind of cause a few upsets, but I just don't think I see them doing this that this year. No, and I mean, it should be noted as well: ten first half, uh, ten first half wides by Tipperary. That's probably something to that yeah. they're probably going to be working on all, all over. But like, uh, that's a, it's quite a few wides. It's quite a few wides, and to still win by that much when you get that many wides, it's not showing much uh, opposition, I think. And sure, I mean you'll expect wides as the first game back, uh, you know, of the league. Every team is a bit rusty, but uh, to still win, to still score one twenty-four and get that many wides, it's it's just not good enough by the Dublin defence. Yeah, and I think there's a thing, there's an acceptable loss margin. Like, I mean, I think six points is genuinely regarded as a, an acceptable loss. Beyond six, I think you're really getting into... I think that's the quota for where you can start calling it a trashing order. Correct, yeah. Whoever whoever decides these rules of the GAA, I'll never know, but, you know, it's widely regarded as six points. They're, well, they're not so much decided as defined, <laughs> I think, through dice rolls and uh, chicken blood. Came down from the mountains. It's also how they discuss. It's also how they decide whether it's too many steps or it's pulling up the jersey, you know, which way the free goes. Yeah. They check the stars. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, if it looks like he'd score a goal and it'd look exciting, like, I mean, let it go. But, you know, <laughs> if it's only going to be a point, you might as well take it, give him a free. The next one. Fair versus Cork. Two great Italian <sighs> counties. Jesus uh, Christ. Based on the national anthem that we heard. So we were at this match, and for those who don't know, uh, rather than our own Nabeen, they decided to mix it up a bit and play the first couple of bars of the Italian national anthem. Followed by dead silence uh, and a slow ripple of laughter. Uh, followed by later on another ripple of laughter as people realised Aaron Devine was never going to be played. That was it. That was all we were getting. And I, I think it was quite symbolic. I mean, it really did set the tone for the match, I have to say. <laughs> well, I suppose Claire's result was a bit like Italy's against Ireland uh, that same weekend. Correct. Did not go too well. I think the wrong national anthem playing was one of the more light-hearted moods for us Clare fans at the yeah, match. Yeah, I suppose it could have gone worse. They could have played the, you know, Italian national anthem followed by burning of Clare jerseys on the pitch before commencing the match. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, Clare looked very rusty, um, and Cork did not. 
Cork actually looked very fit for this time of year. They looked really like they were clicking. They had a, a strong home attendance. It was park you're in, so it's not a huge capacity, but in terms of percentage of crowd and also percentage of the capacity filled, great home attendance for them. Um, and they just looked really up for it. I don't know if there's still a certain contingent who want to make up for 2013 and still hate Claire, but uh, yeah, they were really... They were up for the match, clearly. Well, like, I mean, it's never like Cork people to hold a grudge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think uh, one definitely noticeable thing was like, you know, the Cork attendance was amazing by the Cork fans. Uh, very few Clare fans in attendance. I mean, geez, I didn't even know when we'd scored a goal just purely because no one was cheering. You know, no one was Silence. cheering until they raised the green flag. And I was like, oh God, they did score. It's like, that's great. And then subsequently cheered. And it was just like deafening silence. I, I will say part of that was because it was very cold and we were all wearing gloves. You couldn't hear applause very much. But. <laughs> um, so I suppose my thoughts on it, yeah, like, I mean, Cork were really just ahead of the game. Fitness, I think, even just the, you know, when making runs or making plays and are up the side of the pitch, like, I mean, just well out, able to outpace some of the Clare players. Um, yeah. Like, some standout performances, Alan Cadigan and Shane Kingston were definitely mm-hmm. really I think four points each. Four points it? each, yeah. And I mean, uh, to be fair as well, the court backs were on excellent form. You know, yeah. Anthony... Anthony Nash in particular y- yeah. made several very good saves. Like, you know, Claire could have easily had probably three, maybe four goals. And it was basically Anthony Nash that stopped that from happening. Yeah, I mean, what a boon he is to have on your team. Like, I mean, like, the man is seriously skilled. I suppose, look, that's an obvious statement, but... Like extremely impressive, some very dangerous runs at goal um by Claire, and like three three four attempts at least just stopped in their tracks and like even when Claire had a we'll say a player in the box to to catch like even when Claire had a penalty yeah and and got the rebound on it yeah um yeah very strong game we made we made some predictions before the start of the league that Cork would be a bit better this year and this is definitely supporting that mm. theory. They, they look out to to prove that they're not the team they were last year. Yeah, and I mean, like, a seven-point win over Claris at score. Actually, we didn't mention it, but 21 points to Cork, one goal, 11 points to Clare. Like, I mean, that's a substantial victory. That's a serious scalp to take as well for the start of their league. It uh, falls under our, our technical ruling for, you know, a hammering or a trashing. Yeah. And, like... I mean, really, if you're to be cynical about this, they only need to win another match, really, to be to kind of stay in the league. If they took Dublin, if they take Dublin on and they beat Dublin, they're safe. That might be all they want. And then it's kind of, you know, they can take at least heart from, like, you know, they're safe. They deserve to stay in at that in that case. And, you know, yeah. you're really talking about a relegation, not to jump the gun too much, but you could be talking potential relegation between Dublin and Clare, which... You know, I, I'm going to say it like is is definitely possible at this stage. Yeah, I think even with Cork's win, I would say the relegation match will either between be between Dublin Cork or Dublin and Clare. It kind of depends now how the rest of the matches come out, and I mean, it's still the league can be very unpredictable because a lot of teams are figuring things out and they're not quite up to the normal standard. They can have great games one day and terrible the next. So yeah, good signs for Cork anyway, and Clare have work to do. To focus on the positives, though, and there are some positives in that match. First of all, 
actually attempts at scoring goals, something that was absent for so long and really was hamstrung by the fact that you'd only have two full forwards. Tactics have changed a bit. There's three full forwards. There's been more runs at goal than I've seen in a long while. You know, Aaron Shanahan, John Conlon. You know, there was a goal by there was a goal by Podge Collins, which he was there to scoop up like a deflected slitter, like and was able to net it away past Anthony Nash. No mean, no small feat in itself. Um, you know, Tony Kelly was quite quiet. I thought we'll say in the first he half was, of the match, he picked up. I think maybe the second half, he ended up with six points, which was good, but it took him a while to get going. A few Tony Kelly specials, as we call them. The accuracy, I think overall from Claire was fairly poor, and I mean there were a couple of wides there that if they had been like if they had been made you know, this match could have been a different story altogether, but just the accuracy was just not there. And I think that'll come with practice. Um, and I think, you know, you look at the lineout for Claire as well. There are a lot of players who are not that familiar with seeing. There was a lot of experimentation by the managers. So that, I think when, when they kind of find their regular starting 15, maybe things will start clicking a little bit more. And it, it does look like uh, Claire using the league more for experimentation this year, maybe than attempting to win the thing. Yeah, and it should be noted as well, you know, it was a debut for Cahill Malone, for Clare as well. So, like, that's, that's you know, that's encouraging to see John Conlon was playing. I, th- I think he had a bit of a ropey match, but I think he's going to, like, if he continues to play for, you know, the next couple of matches, I think we'll see a pick up in form. But, yeah, overall, I think, look, just have to see what comes. <laughs> yeah, I suppose any Cork fans can be a bit optimistic based on that. Congratulations, Cork fans. You're once again the best county in Cork. <laughs> you, Therefore the world. Yeah, you, you've made up for your humiliation in 2013. You've showed those Claire f- I think one other funny thing we should mention from going to the match is that the programme we had uh, clearly looked like it was taken by a Cork photographer because you could see the Cork player with the slitter and then the Claire player behind him with his face entirely obscured by the Cork player's hurl. I mean, that's... It is kind of what the match ended up looking like, but uh, yeah, definitely some uh, a court photographer took that one, I think. Yeah, again, like, oddly emblematic. Right, on to 1B now. Awfully, they were playing at home. Galway didn't have Joe Canning. You'd think, yeah, maybe this is where they start turning things around. New manager, let's put it up to them. Uh, so they lost 112 to 623. Which, yeah, like I mean, that's incredible. To lose by that much. It really is incredible. What do we call a loss by that much? You know, six points is the threshold for a trashing. I think that's pretty much a slaughter. I think that's actually, like, you have taken the Offaly team... When you take a few seconds to calculate the score because there's so many goals for one team. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the threshold which Galway passed here. Yeah, like, I mean, that's a that's what I classify as a slaughter and I mean really like hurling an awfully and I, you, you know you hear the reports and the rest of it like it, it has fallen a long way since the like mid to late 90s I mean they're no yeah, longer the nice. team they're no longer the team they were and really like to be thrashed absolutely thrashed like the way they've been thrashed here is just yeah that's it's not score because I think Last year was a bad year for them, and I think a lot of people were hoping maybe that they'd turn a corner a bit under new management and maybe have a new attitude. But, and I mean, I know they weren't expecting to beat Galway, maybe, but they, you know, you want to put it up to them in front of your home crowd, and God, they just fell apart. I think we could probably even, I think 
we'll find out well they're next up but i think uh we'll definitely know who's going to be playing the relegation match for 1b anyway <laughs> yeah it's not looking great for Opley. if Kerry can kind of hold their own again this year and stay up then i'd say definitely leash awfully bottom two yeah yeah, not a doubt in my mind. On the other hand, now Galway, it's it's kind of hard to say too much when you win by that much, but definitely a positive performance when they're missing some of their top players, and I think a good sign maybe that the hunger is back a bit after kind of just letting themselves drop down last year. I think now they're definitely clear favourites to go up to one uh, A next year. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, I think there's I think there's a very strong possibility of it. I think they're the strongest in the group. And to be honest, to be in one B at this stage for them is, you know, they won't be long staying there. Like I'd say they they'd probably be at the moment maybe fourth best team in the country, after maybe typical Kenny Waterford. And to be down, you know, in one B, it's it just doesn't feel right for them. No, no. Right. Next match, Kerry and Leash. The computer was right. <laughs> Kerry winning all and Leash doing terribly. Uh <laughs> The, com- the computer called it. It may be exaggerated the likelihood, but it totally called it. Three goals and 14 points versus 19 points to leash. So, I mean, Jesus, like, your your ELO ha- system hates leash, but, like, it's pretty much justified in this case. Probably hates it even more. Oh, yeah, like, I think the ELO Raider right now has them ranked down amongst the, like, mid-tier 2A teams at this stage. And it probably thinks that Kerry are going to win the thing. But yeah, even with its kind of exaggerated ratings in both cases, it was onto something here. Like Leash have really dropped off in the last few years. It makes me wonder actually what's going on in Leash at the moment. Is it like, is it the quality of the panel? Is it the management? Is it the, is it the training? What's going on? Or like, you know, is it the football that's taking over? Or It's a strange one. Uh, I don't know if they're good enough at football to claim that excuse. They lost to Kerry, and if there's one team with the discrepancy between how much they play football and hurling, they're it. I mean, a few years ago, they seemed to have a hunger about them, Leash, and they, you know, they they won a few upsets, and even when they didn't win, they'd kind of give a few teams some scares. Um, but they just don't seem threatening anymore at all. Yeah, just not in the game, not in the game at all. I think definitely uh, my favorite to go into the relegation match this year, Offley and Kerry would be kind of my fourth and fifth pick in either order, but I'd say I'd be surprised if Leash win a game Yeah. this year. Yeah, especially considering who their competition is, I, I, I would definitely think it's going to be an awfully Leash relegation match. And I would say between the two of them, very hard to predict, but I'd say Leash will be going down. I think so. I, I think there's actually a good chance for them to go down to 2A fully now, like to lose the relegation match against the winner of 2A, making room for someone like... Antrim or Westmeath or Carlow. Yeah, I, I suppose as well, though. Good by Kerry anyway, just to see that they're continuing to hold their own a bit. They, you know, I think a lot of people expected when they went up to 1B that they'd be right back down again the next year, but, you know, they're they're doing a solid job of just sticking in there and, and being the not-worst team, basically. Yeah, it's a real underdog story. There is still very much a gap between, I think, them and, you know, Galway, obviously, and, you know, maybe Limerick and Wexford too, but... They're not the worst. They're a solid team, and sure, you never know. They might pull out a couple of interesting upsets or close matches where you wouldn't expect it. Yeah, no, I think they're definitely definitely should be interesting to see how their um, league this year goes. I think I think they'll definitely be staying in it anyway. 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they turn out against stronger teams like Limerick or Wexford or or even Galway, just to see what the results are like. But um, yeah, should be interesting ones to watch. So last of the Division One matches, Wexford Limerick Davies living up to the hype, one fourteen to fourteen points in favour Wexford. Well, they don't call him David a uh, David Houdini Fitzgerald for nothing. He didn't drive four hours each way to lose. No, he certainly did. He certainly didn't. Not with it, not with the cost of petrol these days. So, what's there to be said about this? Like, I mean, well, according to Limerick, it was the ref's fault. But uh, I, th- I think Davy will have something else to say about that, and the Wexford players will have something else to say about that. The old, there's an extra player on the other team. Excuse, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I would have thought Limerick should have been able to handle Wexford. Yeah, this this was a bit of an upset. Now, I mean. If any team other than Galway is going to beat Limerick from 1B, I would have said Wexford to do it. But uh, I would have had Limerick as the favourites there. You know, they were runner-up in 1B, you know, basically every year since they've been down there. They were playing away, fair enough. But, uh, you know, even with maybe some biased reffing, you'd think that they would have been able to put away Wexford. But uh, no, it looks like, you know, whatever Davey's saying about how it'll take time, Wexford are looking to try and win now a bit. Yeah, and I suppose like essentially establish themselves as a team that's going to be staying in that league, staying in that division, and presenting a serious challenge to, we'll say, the likes of Galway and, um, yeah, I suppose actually just Galway. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd say now with the win against Limerick, you know, there's a good chance they could be second place in one B, which would put them, you know, it would it would put them in maybe not the uh, still very tough, but not the toughest quarterfinal. You know, if they can keep their heads in the game, keep playing well, you never know, they might manage to reach the semi final. Yeah, and I mean that'd be a real achievement for them. Like a huge achievement for them. And I think I think that's well within their capabilities. And I think something we commented on the last day, Wexford the last few years, you know, they'd win kind of a round two game or a quarterfinal game and they'd just they acted like they'd won the All Ireland. You know, there's definitely seems to be a lack of expectation or confidence in them, and I think that's the first thing that we've seen change now this year is that they definitely they look more like a team that expects to win and that wants to win. Yeah, I think like, you know, that's probably the David Fitzgerald factor there. Like, you know, getting building the team up, building the confidence, getting the training to where it needs to be, motivating the team. You know, before that, it just all turns in on itself. But like, you know, in the first two years, you could expect a real gains to be made for for Wexford, definitely. Positives for then, and you know, it is it is still the first week, but I know it looks like Limerick are going to be stuck down in one B another year unless they can uh, basically win every match from here on out. Yeah, I think Limerick definitely be stuck will be stuck in one B. And yeah. I like what I'm really interested in is um when they play Galway as to what their performance is going to be like. Um, that should tell a lot. You know, they feel like they've been on the brink of a breakthrough for years now, and I think we're just kind of getting a bit impatient as to when that's going to happen. And I think they are too. You know, it's it feels like things are in place and they're just not moving along yet. Yeah, and I'm sure Limerick fans as well. Like, I mean, this is supposed to be a change of management, change in direction. You know, there was supposed to be immediate. Or near immediate effect, you know, in there was in terms of their in terms of their performance, and that just doesn't seem to be the case. It could be a while before you start seeing that to pay, you know, seeing that pay off. Still, though, early days. I suppose we can take a look now at who's playing this weekend. What are the matchups, and uh, how do we think they'll go? Okay, so Cork versus Dublin. My own thoughts on this would be 
yeah, um, Cork are going to win. I think they're fitter. They're more on top of their game. Um, they're definitely probably emboldened from their kind of winter monster um, campaign. They, they're after taking on Clare and beating them. And by the looks of things, I don't think Dublin are going to offer them much opposition. I think, yeah, I think it's Cork definitely to win this. Uh, I, I could be proven wrong, but I don't think I will. Dublin would like to come back after last week and show that they're not as bad as they were. But you know what, Cork, they're playing at home. They're playing with a bit more fire than we've seen in a while. I wouldn't say it's a sure thing, but I uh, definitely think Cork should have this one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also on Saturday, then, Leash Offaly, which I suppose we're kind of expecting to be the battle of the uh, two bottom teams of Division 1. Two hurling <laughs> titans playing against each other. I mean... If you don't call it Super Slitter Saturday when Leash versus Offaly on, on the TV, then I don't know what is. So Leash versus Offaly, um, it's a bit of a toss-up really in my mind, but I think oh, I'm going to say Offaly will win. I'm go- I'm giving it to Offaly. Neither of them are in a position they want to be in, but I think Leash have fallen that much further. Uh, they do have home advantage, but, you know, it's only down the road for, for Offaly, so it's not going to play in that much. I think they'll still have plenty of away sport. Yeah, Offaly for me to win this. Yeah, no, I think yeah, Offaly. Should be interesting. I'm sure it'll be a, a, a match to remember. Uh, same day then, Limerick versus Kerry, and as much as I'd like to see Kerry carry on their winning ways, cause an upset, uh, I think this is going to be Limerick's uh, opening win of the year. They're going to be playing at home. I, you know, Kerry, I like that they've done well so far, but I think Limerick will be a bridge too far for them. Yeah, I think I, I totally agree. I think um, Kerry, I'd say, are going to present more of a challenge than maybe Limerick might anticipate. I think it'll be closer maybe than Limerick might like, but I definitely think Limerick are going to walk away with this with a win under their belt after this match. I think after losing to Wexford, they know now they really need to win against all the teams that they should win against. So, like, I, I don't think Limerick are going to let Kerry surprise them. I think they are just going to go out and kind of make a point after, la- after last weekend against Wexford. They're going to go for the jugular. Yeah. Clare versus Kilkenny. On Sunday, yeah. Clare versus Kilkenny. I'm, I'm not sure what to make of this. The ELO Raider actually gives Clare a very slight edge, but keep in mind that the ELO Raider also, I think, very much overrates Clare's home advantage. I'd, I'd love to see... Claire win, obviously, but I'm going to give this one to Kilkenny. I think Claire, based on last weekend, they still have a lot of work to do. You know, I think Kilkenny do too, but I think Claire are just a bit further behind, a bit rustier, a bit kind of just still getting themselves together. And I think hopefully it won't be, you know, too one-sided or, you know, trashing or anything, but I would have Kilkenny winning. And here's where I'm going to disagree. Ah, finally. I think, right... If Claire, and I'm sure it's something they're going to be work on, can improve on the accuracy, if they're on form, if they're able to close down TJ Reid, and if Tony Kelly is firing on all cylinders, and they show some of those attempts on goal like they did versus Cork, and manage to succeed, and bear in mind that you know Kilkenny do not have Anthony Nash in goals, I I think we could see a Claire win here. I'm going to be optimistic and say that Claire will win this. I think it'll be a close thing, but I think they will. I think they'll have it in them. I hope you're right. I would, I'd would. i love to see that. And Claire did beat Kilkenny. They actually had a very good win against Kilkenny last year. 
but I, you know, that was also much further along with the season. I think it's a lot to ask Claire for that big of an improvement in a week, especially on things like accuracy. Kilkenny, they don't like losing. They're going to be coming out angry. They're going to be coming out serious. Uh, I, I just don't see it happening for Claire this week. But I hopefully will be proven wrong. If I'm right, I'll buy Tony Kelly a big pack of the biscuits. Custard creams? Well, I suppose, yeah. I suppose he would like custard creams. I mean, it worked. It brought them to an All-Ireland Championship before, so that and the my, you know, in combination with my who doesn't so, Who doesn't uh, like custard creams? Please email us your thoughts on custard creams. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Waterford versus Tipperary. That's one I'm excited for. I think that's going to be a belter of a match. This is a real watermark match, and I think yeah. for a couple of reasons. A, Waterford, you know, they'd have loved to have had a go in the, in the final, of course, against Tipperary. B, they beat Kilkenny. They beat Kilkenny by a point. But how far off the mark are they against the All-Ireland champions? And this is a real test for them to see how far they are, you know, how long, how far along they are or how behind they are in relation to Kilkenny. Have Kilkenny actually just disimproved rapidly or are they where they need to be? I think, like, it should be an extremely interesting match. I'd say Tipperary are going to come out strong. Um, Waterford are definitely going to want to, you know, take a scalp. My gut, however, would say that Tipperary are going to walk away with this one. Okay, here's our second disagreement. I'm just about going to edge it for Waterford. It'll be a close match, but I think Waterford at home, for one thing, will be a help to them. And secondly, you know, last year Waterford, they beat Tip by a point in the league. But their next meeting after that was the Munster final, which went horribly for them. And I think they just want to prove that that league match was a better representation of how close they are in ability, not the way the Munster final went last year. I think Waterford want to prove that they are up there with Tip, that they'll be challenging for the league, that they'll be challenging for the championship, that they are one of the top teams in the country. Yeah, I I think that they just have... A lot to prove. I think Tipperary are still massively skillful, and you won't be able to beat them through hunger alone, but I think Waterford do have the skill to back up that fire. I think one thing you certainly won't be seeing, and I don't think they've really been employing it, I think it's probably something that they've abandoned, there will be no system against Tipperary. Um, I think they've learned their lesson there, and they learned their lesson against, they've obviously learned their lesson from playing Kilkenny previously. This is going to be, um, it'll be an exciting match to watch, and I certainly look forward to watching it myself. Definitely. You know, apart from obviously following my own home county of Clare, I think that's the other match that I'll really want to pay attention to next week. The last match from Division 1 this weekend, Galway-Wexford. I suppose the what I'm expecting to be the number one team out of 1B versus either the number two or three, depending how things pan out. Um, but I'd say Galway to win this one. Yeah. Handily. Definitely. Galway, I think, are just, Galway are just a stronger team. I, I have no doubt in my mind that Galway are just going to win this. They're a better team. They look like they're going to put in more of an effort into the league this year. Wexford, confidence can only bring you so far, so quickly. Uh, not to mention that they'll have five-hour drive up to Pierce Stadium. More with Galway traffic, probably. Yeah, it's. I, I think Galway should win this. I, I wouldn't say they'd trash them or anything. It won't be like their match against Offaly, but I'd say it'll be a comfortable enough win. Maybe even they'll they'll have some room to try out a few subs, things like that. Comfortable win, not not a total hammering, but they should be fine. May I add, with Novena Galway traffic. Oh Jesus, that time. It is indeed. Oh Jesus, indeed. 
when I, I had no idea what Novena was until I lived in Galway. Oh, stuff. And because I'm a I'm a heathen, I'd forget when it was on each year, and then just suddenly be surrounded by all these tacky stalls full of religious tat and traffic everywhere. Yeah, at least I at least know masses on a Sunday, right? <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what my mom tells me. Okay, then. So that's all the matches. Those are all our predictions, and a quick roundup as well of the computers' predictions. Uh, they have Cork over Dublin, Offaly over Leash, Clare over Kilkenny, Waterford over Tip, Galway over Wexford, and Limerick over Kerry. So actually, there I'm in line with my computer. I think on all of these except for Clare versus Kilkenny, uh, though I do think it'll be close. I'm in line with your tracker and Clare versus Kilkenny. Anyway, I think that's where it's going to be right. That's, I, I have faith in the system for this one for this one match. Well, I appreciate it. I worked hard on. All that so anything else? Did you check out any of the lower division matches? No, I didn't actually. In my ongoing fascination with Warwickshire, I'd like to point out they won by a point last week. Who were they playing? Against the Titans. Titans of Sligo. Ah, oh, Sligo. You're letting the side down. They lost to Warwickshire. Fair play Warwickshire, though. It was a home match for Warwickshire, so I, I imagine Sligo were all kind of tired from the flight over and everything. Oh, stop. And, you know, you have to factor in Brexit into these results as well. I mean, that has a serious <laughs> effect on players' morale. Customs, worse than other. Yeah. We we should uh, take note if uh, Fermanagh do better against Warwickshire, which is actually the match this week, just since they won't have to deal with customs. Yeah, Jesus. Mighty hurling giants of Fermanagh. <laughs> Gotta keep an eye on that 3B, you know. You never know when one of them will start making the rise up. Yeah, that's it. Oh, an Armagh versus London. I, I call Armagh on that one. I'm, I'm going to say London. Do we know anything about either team? Or are we just kind of shouting out who we like the sound I of? think I just know our math from the under-21s, that they're, they always seem to make it through to a final. because it's done. You're not mixing them up with Antrim, are oh, you? Oh, I am. I am. Yeah. Antrim are against Carlo, which actually will be probably one of the more competitive 2A matches. So. I'm sorry. You know, just keeping keeping an eye out, because I want to see who Leash will be playing at the end of the season. They're both up north, at least. You know, at least they're in the right, you know, province. You know. Armagh and Antrim. Oh yeah, yeah. For a second there, I thought you were saying Carlo. If we if we know anyone from Carlo, sorry. Sorry, Carlo people. I lo- I love your Rastafarian jerseys. Yeah, please email in the show as well. Lots of emails. Lots of emails. So that uh, that email address again is mail at takeyourdadpoints.com. and the Twitter is at ty data points. That's at ty data points tweet at us love us retweet us tell us to tell us tell your friends about us we're on the itunes the itunes i believe it's very popular with the kids we're on on pocket cast that's also really popular with the kids we're on soundcloud until we run out of our free allocation of space on that oh really so you know you can expect the first few episodes to be there at least until we get lazy. Who really uses SoundCloud anyway? It's awkward for podcasts. It doesn't save your space. <sighs> awkward. You, know, you have to listen through in one go. Yeah. Only losers use SoundCloud. So, But like, you know, by all means, if you use SoundCloud, check it out. The point is we're on the interwebs now. And you can hear our silky smooth voices hopefully every week. Or at least every week that there's something happening. Exactly. In the opening round of the Alliance National Hurling League, the reigning league champions, Clare, of course, here in Cork this evening. 
We stand uh, here at Porky Rin ahead of the start of the Irish National Hurling League for the playing of the national anthem, Aronavine.